Diagwit Falsherish and uh, Seek Strength uh, podcast. Uh, it's Mission uh, Host. <laughs> <laughs> what, you're, what you're hearing now is Gareth trying to speak Irish. <laughs> uh, I've no idea what the word host is. I would have never come to this. Uh, let's call myself a Montori. <laughs> <laughs> Mission Montora and Life. Uh, welcome to the Seek Strength podcast. At this stage, you may be well versed in our podcast, and we hope you are. I'm your host, Owen Murphy. I'm your other host, Dara Fitz. And um, we're here just to babble some in- incoherent nonsense in dulcet tones in your ear for the next <laughs> probably 45 to an hour, I'd say, in this one. And hopefully you continue to enjoy it as the response has been going. Yeah, and we are we have a plan today Yeah, to speak about. We have a plan, Dara. Training when you're away from Let's home. Let's not mislead the people. <laughs> or training when you're on holidays or training if you're traveling for work. Let's just tell the people, right? What but, happens but is, <laughs> we, uh, we, Dara, or I say a title, five to ten minutes before or maybe the day of. Or Yeah, it's usually like we text each other in the morning. Be like, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah. Them like, oh, my knee is injured. Let's talk about training or an injury. So often we'll have a title <laughs> and then we'll totally forget it. And we'll be sitting there for five minutes like, stop talking for a second. I'm going to remember. Shut up and going back to the Facebook chat. But it, it seems to be working for us because we have done. So in the future, we will be doing um, some kind of, say, like the science and review kind of thing. Yeah. So we'll gather a few papers, but that will take some in-depth reading from us. And something we do enjoy doing, but we, if we're going to do a podcast on it, it'll probably be video as well. But for these, we've so many moons ago, we tried some scripted stuff, not for the podcast, but for a video. And um, if you want to see two people who look like they're denying, we might <laughs> denying murder charges, it was the most rigid, yeah, and horrendous. Yeah, we just couldn't no. speak. We just um, maybe someday we'll release it. It's um, incredibly like so. Our respective um, female other halves are usually quite supportive. Yeah, but, but even they uh, both of them said, "Absolutely no way can that go public." And uh, they were dead right. They were absolutely. I was one hundred percent right. I was like, "This is fucking terrible," and you were like, "Maybe." <laughs> and then Eamon was like, "Ah, it's not too bad, lads." So the guy who edited the video, yeah, did an unbelievable job of editing it. Yeah, looked really sharp. Yeah, and then we just basically said, "He delights. He does. Thanks very much for all your work." Yeah, but uh, there's simply no way the world can see this. He. He tried to say as well, Eamon was like, oh, yeah, I, like I wasn't that great at the time. We're like, no, no, no Eamon. No, no, Eamon. Yeah. You did fantastic. It's simply nothing to do with... It's these two trolls. Yeah. So, today's episode, as I was saying, is training around while you're traveling or on holidays or just away from your usual training environment. Yeah. So, as you'll often hear us, going slow and being incredibly consistency, yeah. incredibly consistent is the name of the game. And it's incredibly important for long-term progress. Yeah, and there's a few, like, nice handy rules of something you can use. Yeah. So, obviously, you're not always going to have, like, hotel gyms are notoriously bad. Terrible. Sometimes you'll have a dumbbell rack that might actually go up heavy enough that you can do some goblet squats or some thrusters. Um, you'll almost never have a barbell with plates. Um, so, it might just be a thing of... So, say, if you know you're going to be in a different city for for a week or for four days for work um, it might just be a thing of going online or you might be regularly moving yeah 
and just going online messaging a CrossFit 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 box. CrossFit box. Mix those CrossFit box um, fucking tell him. Just maybe the day you arrive or a few days before you arrive, a lot of gyms, especially in kind of touristy areas, have drop like in drop in fees and a, a kind of an area set up. Um, the first rule of thumb I would say is if you can train somewhere where you do have a barbell and plates, you need to prioritize one or two things yeah. and just make sure you're hitting that once a week or twice a week, whatever you decide you're going to need to do. So the classic case kind of say if you're away on holidays for two weeks, you're going to need to back squat maybe two or three times. Yeah. Just pick something like a five by five. Yeah. Um, I think muscle loss occurs after, doesn't occur until two weeks. So that's good. So it's not, two weeks is a very lo- short or a very long period of time. Yeah. In our heads, because a lot of us think it's been two days and you see a little <laughs> bit of like water loss or something and you just automatically assume you're like, there goes four kilos of muscle. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in reality, I think it's for most people, it's like two weeks before yeah. any like kind of muscle loss occurs. A good like a little rule of thumb for if you're injured or you can't train is muscle memory will start to degrade within three days. Aerobic fitness will start to go within three weeks and then within three months, strength will basically be gone. Totally gone or starting well, to go? Well gone. So the one thing I would say as well, is if you are going on holiday, you'll have, a cor- of course, planned your holiday. So, as follows, you should plan your training accordingly. So, if you know you're going to be gone for two weeks or a week and a half or ten days, ideally, what the best scenario is, is you plan to peak before your holiday, plan to hit some big lifts, yeah, big numbers, whatever, do some something stupid, whatever, something you're <laughs> aiming for, try to achieve a goal. And this is for probably two reasons, right? So, one is the obvious physical reason. So you have loads of recovery. You have time to recover, and it's ob- it's not going to mess up your training plan for when you come back. Yeah. But also, as a lot of us are, we're incredibly addicted to training, whatever form it may be. And you're listening to this, whatever sport it is. And if you've hit a big psychological win before you've gone on holidays, when you come back, or when you go on your holidays, you'll feel nice. You'll be watching that video. Yeah. You will be. And you'll be like, yeah, that's great. Now when I come back, you'll be ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you leave, say halfway through a cycle of 12 weeks or even closer to the end and you're like oh, gee, you, you have that goal in your head yeah and it's just making you anxious for a whole holiday and you're not going to be enjoying that <laughs> holiday so either at the very start of a uh, training period or after because if you do like so that's and you do hit like your 200 kilo squat or whatever when you get there you're just going to be nice and happy and obviously you'll want to train but whatever you're doing yeah will take you take you over i think the other thing is if you're going away with a group of people or you're going away with a partner or your family or whatever it is, obviously you can't be taking time off every single day to go training. Yeah. So you, it, it might be a thing of like, yeah. you've got to build up those brownie points. You have to build up. So like a you, lot of people might tell you, go and enjoy your holiday now in the morning with the gym. Yeah. This buddy does not follow that advice. <laughs> so essentially what they're saying is right, is you just have to take the brownie points and uh, Yeah. Sometimes you have to go to the markets. You do, uh, and you may you be lucky enough to have a partner who's in, as enthusiastic with training as you are. Yeah, but the chances are they're probably they might not be. Yeah. So so you do just have to take the hit, take those hits, and like I understand people's argument, right? When they're like, enjoy your holiday, you know. But what a lot of people don't understand is I enjoy training just as much. Yeah, if not more than holidays. So, but, like, but 
in terms of like I suppose efficiency like if you do go let's say you do go to a gym chances are it's not close to your hotel you're wasting a couple hours of your day you're yeah. not gone for that long you're annoying everyone because you're going to the gym they're waiting for you to do stuff yeah, they want to do yeah, stuff yeah. with you so like there's pros and cons like yeah I think in terms of what you do then when you go training mm-hmm. so wait said, hang on a second is there anything to be said for just not training yes so what's, I think if you play a sport or you're involved in something that's very physically demanding yeah um, in terms of like impact or whatever it is so if you're like a climber or a shooter or whatever you're going to be where it's really specific so you you have the chance of having repetitive strain injuries or if you're playing a sport where you're taking a lot of hard hits um so if you're a a fighter or a rugby player or whatever it is when you come to the end of the season taking full weeks off so maybe two or two and a half weeks off of all forms of training will be a really good chance just to chill out relax reduce kind of systematic inflammation um and then reset and then go into a new form of training so go into your kind of off-season training then but yeah. there's definitely something to be said for even for weightlifters and for crossfitters like yeah. your body takes a lot of impact yeah and takes a lot of heavy miles especially weightlifters yeah during the training year um so even though you're not going to have like the cuts or bruises or breaks um or you shouldn't but it's still good just to have a week off or so like a lot of people mightn't take structured off-season blocks or structured prep phases when they're training during the year they might just roll with that whatever they do in their club or with their coach so definitely that is a good time then to take 10 days two weeks two and a half weeks off like especially like a lot of people will be type a kind of neurotic driven driven people yeah and so sometimes an enforced time off is you know it's no bad thing it may not be something you want to do but um, so I don't know if you've ever listened to Jordan Peterson talk, but he I um, have, yeah. So he's he's talked about um. He's like he's he's these clients who are um really 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 high profile lawyers like you know yeah they were um. They were, so what he said to him was basically you need to take more time off. They're working like seventy hour weeks, you know, crazy hours, like really intense jobs, like really driven people, and he was like, let's um. Let's record your billable hours. Seems like you need yeah. to take a week off every six months or something, or f- or four weeks off a year or something like that. And he was like, they were like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, so basically, long story short, you can see where this is going. Yeah, their billable hours went up because when they took time off, so you made them not do any work while they were away. Yeah, and their billable hours went up, you know, and their productivity went up. So same could be said for training too. I also think that depending on what you're like, who you're living with what the situation is yeah if you're already taking two hours every evening off to train mm-hmm. the person you're living with might get very pissy yeah. if you then go on holidays and decide to take two hours a day off to go training 100% you know and like like in terms of other systems that you have going on in your life right now yeah keeping that system healthy might be just as important to your training for the rest of the year as everything else will be yeah like in the grand scheme of things five or six days isn't yeah. that much as long as it might feel while you're doing it and as much apprehension as it might give you before you go as much you might be like fuck that I'm miss so much training yeah. but in realistic in, in reality if you planned it in any way intelligently before you go yeah 
it's going to make zero difference to your training. You'll no. get back to seeing things within three to four days, two days maybe. I think the other thing is like when you're away, yeah. um, your routine will obviously be different. So yeah. you're out somewhere different. So if it's a thing that you're away on holidays, you're probably going to have a place where... Drunk all the time. <laughs> but they, like that could be an option where you're staying up late at night, yeah. getting very, very poor quality sleep. You might be eating you might be drastically eating different foods. 100%. Um, or it could be a thing where you're like sightseeing and you're walking a lot and you're out in the heat a lot and then you just mightn't be able to train. Yep, very effectively like. Yeah. Um, so I suppose you've made a decision to train. So you've you've gone either I can't afford to not train for the week or 10 days or you've gone I don't want to not train for the week or 10 days yeah. or two weeks or whatever you're doing. What you need to do, of course, is try to stick as close as you can to your original plan. Yeah. But in all likelihood, that's almost certainly not going to happen unless you've picked your train, your holiday to a place where you've access to a good gym all the time. So maybe if it's some European cities, it's very likely you'll be able yeah. to find, like there's like um, Das Gym in Vienna or like Berlin Strength in, yeah. in Berlin, imagine. In Berlin. In Berlin. <laughs> Or, you know, if you go to Paris or yeah. Barcelona, there's numerous gyms and stuff there that you can use. But again, the chances are it's probably not going to be no. what you're used to, even yeah, in terms yeah. of the environment. So what did Gabriel say when you go to a new gym? He said it takes about a week or two weeks to get used to a new gym, was it? Yeah. So, of course, you're not a, an elite level no. Olympian. You're not training for an Olympic medal. You'd know if you were. Yeah. So just a different environment will throw you a little bit. And you don't want to be planning stuff like, okay, I've got a really big 3RM now today. No. And that's, I was just about to say that you also don't want to be doing something that's like a very poor movement for you or yeah. a very poor workout for you. Go with like a strength-based approach. Yeah. You yeah. know, like if you're good at squats and you're good at power cleans, yeah. go to the gym. Yeah. That Those sets, you'll be psychologically probably very happy with them. Mm-hmm. Don't go for maximal loads, but you can go for something that's... Maximal reps or... Your yeah, yeah, yeah. Volume. Or like, it might be going for pause squats, so you're challenging yourself with the pause rather than challenging yourself with the weights. The the movements you should pick, so... These are pretty general to everyone because everyone's going to be in the same situation realistically. So you want to go for whole body movements at the start. Yeah. As, as disgusting as that sounds when I say that loud. Full body movement Full body compound movements So let's say you're in Your shitty hotel gym And you've got a f- Like You might be lucky enough I was in a gym in Portugal And I think they had 40 kilo dumbbells Nice So No it was like 32 actually It was okay, quite yeah, 40 yeah. 40 would have been a bit better So I actually put up my story Or my Instagram I posted on Instagram Did you put posts on Instagram? I'm one or two a day <laughs> So uh, Your go to My go to for dumbbells And stuff like that yeah. Is goblet squats Yeah Just really high rep goblet squats I what I did was about two thirty minute sessions a day, because we were on like a resort for my brother's wedding. You we weren't really going anywhere. Yeah, the fair wasn't the most interesting town to go into. <laughs> Hopefully, there's no one listening. Um, but the resort was very nice. So I basically were just lounging around the place, you know. So yeah. uh, taking two thirty minutes wasn't a big deal. I think for a lot of people, taking two thirty minute sessions is gonna be a lot. Yeah, it's go- it is going to yeah. be. It's not going to be that feasible either. No, but for me, like, so what I did was basically. I wrote down what I was going to do. I knew I was in the gym and I knew there was nothing going to be in any way, what would you call it, um, translatable to weightlifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I depict... Specific. What would, what would I do if I was 
looking to build muscle or lose fat or be generally stronger. Yeah. So I did goblet squats, dumbbell snatches. Yeah. Dumbbell presses, of course. Push-ups, split squats, Bulgarian split squats. Yeah. Goblet split squats. I did um like farmers hold split squats, you know. Yeah, yeah. Lunges. Uh, there wasn't even a pull-up bar in the gym. Do you know what the most annoying part of that was? Down the corridor, there was a gym four times the size that wasn't open yet in the barbell and squat rack and bumper plates. You could see in there like a partition over, but if you stood up on something, you could oh look in God. there. And I was just like, what the fuck? Luckily, I, I visited across the Albert Feria uh, two or three times. And it was, yeah. They are incredibly welcoming, very, very yeah, nice gym. Yeah, so yeah. I was lucky enough in that regard. And, but in that gym. So, and basically what I did was, I made the rest times very, very short. Yeah. So basically... Like the kind of rule of thumb you hear thrown around now from people is kind of until your breath comes back to normal. I think that's not a bad place. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, it didn't fatigue me that much because the weights just weren't heavy enough to get really intense. Yeah. But I was doing like sets of six sets of 10, 15, 20, stuff like that. Goblet squats especially. They were the main one I did most days because I wanted yeah. to see kind of stimulus on my legs. And uh, I just wanted to get a pump for the wedding really. I think... So when you are in those places where you might have very low weights or you might just have dumbbells, mm-hmm. um, other things that are really, really good are doing like big complexes. Yeah. So doing like 15 deadlifts or 15 RDLs, then 15 clusters. Oh, RDLs as well, sorry. Yeah. Big one. Um, Dumbbell RDLs. But doing like these long, prolonged sets mm-hmm. really does make those exercises a lot more difficult. And they're probably things that like when you get back home and you start training again, will have some bit of transfer over you know you'll have some increase in work capacity I think a really really good exercise so I've gone on holidays a few times when I've been in rugby pre-season mm-hmm. and that's like really really intense yeah. uh, aerobic work yeah. and like aerobic and anaerobic in terms of like sprint and power output work or hill sprints or more importantly stair sprints yeah, yeah, yeah. are absolutely phenomenal Fair. and like you're talking about nearly every hotel will have a, a flight of stairs just getting yourself into the fire exit mm-hmm. doing stair sprints for 20 minutes yeah will absolutely destroy you so understanding how everyone works mentally listening to the podcast you are almost certainly physique conscious as well okay yeah as some of us may or may not want to admit it some people don't um or some people aren't physique conscious. Most likely you are though. <laughs> and you, you, you're you going to want to feel like you've done something. Yeah. Because you, you're eating in inevitably shit or food. Or more of it. And uh, Sherman holidays. Usually prob- drinking more. Drinking more. Just higher carb foods. Late um, nights. You've, you probably don't. In- your sodium intake is probably going to go up. So you're going to retain a bit more water for a few days. And you're just like, oh, I'm getting very soft. So... You want to feel getting puffy is getting it? puffy is the word. <laughs> so you want to feel like you're after you're doing something. You know, you want to seem like you're going to burn some calories. Yeah. So those kind of things as well as that little added bonus, I suppose. You also do get that, like good feeling after you've trained. Yeah. Um, Which you normally don't get when you're weightlifting. <clears throat> no, definitely not. Or just doing like a bodybuilding session, you won't get that same rush of. Go- I'm not going to say endorphin rush because that's no. actually not what it is. What is it? Um, they don't know. But beta endorphins can't cross the blood-brain barrier okay. at heightened body temperature. So when people talk about like the endorphins, that's it's DMT, isn't it's it? Simply incorrect. 
It's the monkeys in your brain. The monkeys. Yeah. So if you're lucky enough to be able to go to a gym and you have some access to like bigger movements again or bigger piece of equipment, you like you want to be looking at squats and deadlifts yeah. again or benches. So you don't want to be looking at your program like we we're saying. You don't want to be going for your you know your five rms your five by five or whatever well you no. can go for those but i think like a five by five is very good but not a maximal five by five yeah um and we like everybody does this where they'll go and they're like jesus i'm not bad at, at uh, power cleans yeah and then you'll see them missing a power clean and you're like of course you're missing a power clean yeah. you're wearing a pair of board shorts and flip-flops yeah, yeah you know yeah. like you don't have the right gear you haven't prepped for it yeah uh <clears throat> a good rule of thumb is probably just look for the pump yeah like even if you're a weight lifter and you're not in a place where you can do the weightlifting session, just look for the pump. You know, high reps, moderate weights. Just just chase the pump. Yeah. Use the machines. Get your shoulder presses. Just what I used to do in UL was um, there used to be a shoulder press machine, and I used to just do sets of um, ten basically through each pin. Yeah. Just go down a pin and keep going because it was never heavy enough that I couldn't press it for ten. <coughs> you know, but I just worked my way down and worked my way back up again, and I'd say. You're probably like getting like 200 total reps there yeah, or more, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so do like keep the sessions simple, yeah. Try and keep them short, especially if you're, you're in a hotter climate. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very difficult to predict or like expect how your body's going to react. So, if you're somebody who does a fair bit of running at home and now you're in the south of France or somewhere mm-hmm. where it's significantly hotter so if you're going to running in 10 to 15 degree heats usually and now you go to 25 to 30 degree heat uh don't set off on your like fast five mile yeah. or whatever you're gonna do just be very conscious that the amount of fluid you lose and the speed at which you're going to fatigue will be drastically different than if you're doing that at home the absolute last thing you want to do while you're on holidays it's get heat stroke I was going to say get injured oh obviously no one wants to get a heat stroke full stop no but if you're on holidays the last thing you want to do is get injured because it's such a dumb place to get injured because you're supposed to be taking it easier another thing I would think as well is if you're in the gym there's a good chance you're not going to warm up as well as you normally do so really pay attention to that warm up you either might be self-conscious because you're in a new gym and people are looking at you or you don't know just weird things going on in yeah. people's heads all the time and or you're in a rush and you're like Jeez, I better get back now because I don't have long yeah 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 spend more of your session warming up than you normally would I would say because it'll probably balance out in some way and like Darren was saying there's a good chance you've probably been walking around all day and you're a bit fatigued and your muscles are tired and now my aren't tired you know you're not eating the proper nutrition so give it plenty of time to warm up and then just just you'll know, be really cautious with that then yeah I think Another big thing you have to take into account is the people you're going to be training with are going to be very different. Mm-hmm. So if you're used to having a group of people around you who can like safely spot you when you're benching or spot you when you're squatting, yeah, um, you won't have that around you. Yeah. Or it might be a very good situation where you do, but the equipment's going to be very different as well. So if you're used to being able to drop a barbell onto a floor if you fail something Mm -hmm. or really slam something into a rack or really rely on a set of safety pins take all those things into account yeah um that's another good argument for the don't max out approach um 
the thing we were talking about earlier when you were saying about prolonging your warm-ups, mm-hmm. I think another really good thing to do is if you can't get to the gym and train, mm-hmm. go to your hotel room or like a lawn at the back of the hotel or next to the swimming pool and do your warm-up movements and just use that as your training session. Yeah. So if you're used to doing lunges and, and sit-ups or L-sit holds, all those things, doing those body weight movements and making your session consist of just those, you'll still get that kind of blood flow and that good feeling from training without any access to a gym. It, it might be a good time too as well is to experiment with some of those new those new movements that you might not normally do as well. Like if, you, if you're a 120 kilo powerlifter, yeah, might be you've never done L-sits on the floor. So it might be time just to do something different. Cause yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Because you know you're not going to be, uh, you know you're not going to be training as hard as it, obviously, and you want something that will kind of entertain a new stimulus, I suppose. Yeah. So if you, if you've never done outsets or, or maybe dead hangs from a pull-up bar or yeah, maybe not something as severe as like handstands, but no. <laughs> um. Okay, I've got a question for you. Right. You are driving someplace three or four hours away you're going on holidays for a week yeah and you have a small section in the back of your car that you can put some gear in right what do you put in oh how big is the section Uh, the size of a carry-on suitcase we're gonna go every second one on this all right way is not that limited is it not hugely no but you can't bring a barbell can't bring a barbell do we have access to any imaginary piece of equipment? Anything. I would bring the heaviest kettlebell I could find. Yeah. Like the heaviest kettlebell in existence. <laughs> so hopefully there's a 100 kilo kettlebell out there. Rogue's 92 kilo kettlebell. Is that 220 pounds or something like that? Yeah, it's something outlandish. Yeah, I would bring that for sure. Yeah. Um, Then I would pack some... Can't bring any bear. Mm. I would bring... So I might bring a weighted vest as well a heavy one right I feel like there's something obvious I'm missing I've got one so uh, right. the first thing I'd bring yeah is a packet of resistance bands I was thinking about that but you can do yeah essentially all your upper body exercises yeah that's very true actually um, you can do a lot of like the smaller assistance work bring a hip circle yeah so bring a heavy long band and a kind of moderate tension Shorter band, if you have it. Um, I wouldn't. Wouldn't be adverse being the old perfect push-up. Girl, you love the perfect. Push-up. The perfect push-up is great, though. No, what I'd bring is I'd bring a pair of twelve and a half kilo dumbbells right. or fifteen kilo dumbbells. Yeah, they do everything. That yeah, that's perfect very true. Push-up does. So I'd want a really heavy kettlebell, <clears throat> maybe a ninety kilo one. Yeah. Then I want a maybe a fifty kilo one, and then I want like twenties for doing like some kind of. So you're gonna have some kind of pressing. Hundred and ninety odd kilos. Chances are, if I'm driving to this place on holiday, no one's coming with me. <laughs> um, if you do have the chance, like one kettlebell, yeah, something that's just light enough that you can press it. So, yeah, if you can like barely press a sixteen, bring that, uh, a set of bands, and then maybe like a stretching mat or a yoga mat that you can just lay out on the floor if you're warming up on grass or warming up outside. Yeah, that's. That's realistically all I'd bring. We did very little training last year outside the gyms when we were... Very little. Um, 
so when we we were away for like seven weeks last year uh and we basically didn't train unless we were in a city that had a box yeah i had the best of intentions of doing things yeah but like when you were after driving for 10 hours a day or something and a lot more some days 45 degree heat or something and you're eating Belvita in a country that's never heard of Ireland yeah like in <laughs> you the muscle wastage is strong you know yeah the, the fat gain is heavy I think like that was another classic case of where we had put down 10 heavy months of training yeah Um, I know for me anyway like at at the point where in a week before the rally I or 10 days like just stopped training mm-hmm. I was well and truly done with the gym we did one one day we did do um, it was in the Black Sea in Turkey and we driven hours all the way through Turkey to get to the North Coast and we did like push-ups in this it was like a little private beach on a campsite remember we did push-ups in air squats and a swim and I'd say after like 10 minutes we were about like that like <laughs> this um, oh I do, do remember that do you know that kind of the third guy Toddy who was with us yeah. was just like lads what are you doing and just walked straight down to the beach and I think after two rounds I was just like you're I'm done <laughs> like what is that feeling you get where you're just completely dead from it just complete and utter lack of motivation it always happens on holidays like yeah it does like yeah, yeah I think like not on training like well, not when you go for training but when you're on a normal holiday no it's like that the heat kind of saps out of you and the walking and the different foods and the it's just like there's so much new stimulus as well you know you're you're in a place you mightn't have been before uh, like interacting with different people even though you mightn't perceive it as stress there is a lot of stress there yeah Um, and it might be like physiological stress it mightn't even be like stress from the heat or anything but just going on a flight getting your transfer from the airport, getting to wherever you're going, like getting into a new place, getting everybody you're with settled, like that does all take its toll. Interestingly enough, I was uh, reading a study there with, I think it was elite cyclists. Right. And their blood oxygen saturation levels. Oh, when they were at altitude. So they were, no, no, yeah. it was a, a long haul flight. And I think it was, I think the flight was 12 hours or something. Yeah. It was a, it was double digits in me. And their blood up until 48 hours. So immediately after flight, it was down to 80% or something, which is massive. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And I think like up until 48 hours after, it was still like 90% or something. Yeah. So it was like, you should be normally like 99 or something, is it, or whatever. Yeah, I think so. And um, like they were huge. Like that's the difference between some elite people's VO2 max and like, not elite like you know like <laughs> and hours normal people yeah so like that does massively affect you as well like you may not realize it but like basically you've less oxygen in your blood yeah you probably that's probably a lot of that too i suppose i think one time where training when you're away can be hugely beneficial is if you're dealing with like jet lag mm-hmm. or dealing with like an inability to sleep it might just be due to heat or a lot of people say that jet lag exercising gets them over it. yeah and it's just like it's a nice little reset clear your head mm-hmm. go again yeah i definitely think that like if you can train on the day you land um so obviously like flying a certain direction you only get jet lag but flying on the day you land or sorry training on the day you land uh is a nice little reset especially training that evening kind of four or five o'clock then go get some food and, and go to sleep yeah because that does 
that can fuck up a lot of trips away. Yeah. Getting that jet lag. I still I still kind of think um, there was times like so you were saying last year, you know, when we were pretty done with training. Not done with training, but needed a break from it. <clears throat> no, I was definitely done with training. <laughs> like, do try and uh, appreciate that if you can. Yeah. Do appreciate that you might need a break and appreciate the break. You know, might be mindful of the that break mightn't even like you might that mightn't come when you're going on holidays either. That might just be yeah like twenty weeks into a training cycle, and you just need a break. Joe, yeah, I will say if if you're like four weeks in and you feel you need a break, you probably just need to to point the finger back at yourself and have a bit of a chat. <laughs> <laughs> Go behind the squat rack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn the finger back at you. <laughs> Stand in front of the bathroom mirror and just have a talk to yourself but if you are at the end of or or midway through a prolonged training cycle Mm -hmm. you might just need to say no look no training for a week um or alter your training just take a complete break yeah and then go back at it again because like we've all gone to those places where like look if it's in the middle of a heavy micro cycle and you're like in pain going to the gym then that's just normal but if it's for a week or 10 days that you just feel like you don't want to train yeah take a step back and you'll go back to training with like a renewed sense of vigor full of piss and vinegar yeah uh yeah hunger is a great sauce (laughs) (laughs) uh okay anything else that anything to talk about so we'll be doing a little series with um two different people soon a nutritional series Actually, three series, I think, actually. So, one of them be focused on nutrition. Oh, wait, I have one more thing about training. I'll go for it. <laughs> so, we spoke there a lot about um, strength and power maintenance and, yeah. and like, athletes who are heavily focused in the gym. Mm-hmm. Depending on what you're training for, you might be looking, you might just be doing aerobic training all the time. <clears throat> in the case of this, just keeping the frequency nice and high and the intensity super low is very important yeah um so going for like a long walk will be very very good to make so say if you're running 10ks yeah um and you're obviously not going to go run your your 10k program when you're away but going for a longer walk kind of every second day or going for a light jog every morning or every evening yeah that's really going to be the main thing for like maintaining all those values for your aerobic capacity yeah keep those mitochondria up yeah and that's that <laughs> so we'll be doing a little series with folks on weightlifting with a guest we'll be doing a series on nutrition yeah with a very well versed nutrition guest someone who's qualified in it and then we will be doing one on powerlifting as well. So a little series. Um, yeah. We'll wait till they're finished to kind of say what they're about. But hopefully there'll be one soon enough. And One of the main reasons we're waiting until they're finished is because otherwise every second day we'd be like, hey, when is Beep yeah. coming yeah. on? Yeah. Do you so, have that podcast yet? Yeah. Um, so we're going to hopefully get those sorted soon. So it'll be short little, be a little series. So it'll be... Yeah. 15 20 minute episodes and they'll be with some experts in their field and hopefully you'll get some a lot of information so a lot of time people ask us about nutrition as well as the one of the ones i'd like to have in the bank so we can refer people to yeah because people ask us and we can only give our 
not even an opinion really it's just more of a experience like quick notes i think the other thing is it's, it's very hard in in like an instagram dm like if someone's like what should i do with my nutrition yeah you're like because uh, it's more complicated than that but it's simpler yeah. than that too but like there are some basics do you employ in like a page of messaging yeah but then you need to have like a bank of knowledge you can go back to and you want to help people as sincerely and effectively as possible yeah you don't want to waste anyone's time no so you don't want to be giving half-baked answers that aren't you know <laughs> just uh eat clean <laughs> not even half-baked they're like they're just there's, there's no more to give like because the knowledge isn't um isn't there for people you know so yeah. like you want people to get the most out of things so we want to get the best people who are able to help them to get the most out of things yeah. I suppose yeah these next few guests are going to be good yeah thank thanks you. guys thank you <laughs>